0: Right, today on the University Podcast, I have my friend Danny Bradley with me. Danny, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Good. And uh, where are you hiding out at the moment during this quarantine time?
1: I am quarantining myself at Bootser's Coffeehouse and Pub. My Basically, my, well, I was going to say my second home, but it's kind of my primary home, honestly, to be honest. <laughs> it's your first home. <laughs> yeah, I spend so much time here. But yeah, no, I'm just camping out in the back of Bootser's.
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit. About yourself, um, who are you, uh, and what is your current vocation?
1: Yeah, so uh, Danny Bradley. Full name is Daniel Daniel James Bradley. Um, I am a student over at New Saint Andrews College. I'm a senior there, and I've lived in Moscow for the better part of my life since I was 10, so a long time, almost uh, 13 years. And yeah, like kind of where I'm at right now is I'm gonna be finishing up my degree here. It's gonna be <laughs> Gonna be definitely an unusual graduation. Gonna, you know, might get like a PDF diploma or something like that. That would be interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I'll be finishing that up, and I'm um, working at Bootser's a couple shifts a week. I'm, I make coffee. I make good coffee. I make uh, good espresso. So if you ever want some, come over, and just ask for me to say, "Hey, I want that Danny Bradley espresso." I'll, be, I'll get you going. And, and
0: if you're not on shift, will they call you in and say, "This person asked for you," and you'll just oh, yeah. like come right down, like you're on call.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep, uh, keeping on doing a couple shifts a week here. And, um, I'm also teaching a uh, Bible class over at Logos school, uh, new Testament survey. Um, I'm also, let's see, in the summertime, I'm going to be starting up a real estate career. Um, God was very gracious to me. Kind of just <laughs> dropped that in my lap. Um, Chris Carpenter, story, real estate hit me up and, asked me if I'd ever be interested in real estate. And I was like, yeah, like, sure, let's let's, let's talk okay. about it. And um, everything went really well. And I figured out this is probably gonna be a really good career for me um, right up my alley. So I'm really excited to start that. Um, so yeah, Story Real Estate coming for you. I'm super excited to work there. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna be really excited to kind of just dig even deeper into the community in Moscow. And I'm super, I love our community here. And I, I wanna be able to welcome newcomers and uh, get them situated in the community and um, yeah so that's good that's what's on the horizon that's what I'm most excited about. Okay and
0: uh, you, you mentioned that you're going to be graduating uh, this year and what did you do your kind of capstone or thesis on what was your final uh, paper?
1: Yeah yeah so I did my thesis on apologetics is the really broad overarching topic but specifically it was a um, an evaluation of uh, presuppositional apologetics um, and just kind of looking at the uh, possible strengths and weaknesses of it. Um, it was turned, I was actually, it's funny cause I was starting out. I wanted to defend it um, cause I was, I would consider myself a presuppositionalist. Um, but as I was studying it, I just kind of got to a point where I actually ended up critiquing it. <laughs> um, so that was, that was really exciting to kind of see my thought develop on that. Um, and then I, uh, hopefully was able to offer some sort of like positive vision for, you know, if, if not presuppositive, uh, then what, then what should we be doing? Um, and my specific like question was, if you're reformed, do you have to be a presuppositionalist? Cause that's sort of um, sometimes an assumption that goes um, in my opinion, unchecked. Um, yeah. So that, that was really, really exciting stuff. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so if I can
0: chase this a little bit, uh, Keith, Daryl, and I are actually uh, been. We were just talking about this the other day. Differences, uh, critiques of presuppositionalism. John Frame, uh, Keith Matheson wrote an article critiquing mm-hmm. Van Til's presuppositionalism. So I'd be curious. Uh, so you did all this research, and what would you say is is there a label for kind of uh, your version of apologetics? If it's not presuppositional uh what what is it is there is there a label for it?
1: I would say no and I, and I, that was actually I would say there's no label, and I think that's actually one of my main points of critique and this isn't just about pre it's about any apologetic any adherence to a strict apologetic methodology um, and uh, restricting other me- methodologies. So my my view at the end of my thesis is kind of like there's a lot of strengths in a lot of different apologetic methods, but I don't think we need to be a, we don't need to be limiting ourselves and saying this is the reformed approach. And if you're not having this approach, then um, if you're not labeling yourself a certain way, you can't really be consistent with your theology. That that was my main critique. Um, so I don't even think I would want to place a label on it. Um, my whole my whole um, Vision for what apologetics should be is, I think, really, it should just fall under the category of witnessing. Um, I don't think we should have this whole separate category where, like, okay, I'm going to go out today and do apologetics. I'm going to engage people in a reasoned um, philosophical debate about the Christian worldview versus materialism versus. Like, I think we should just try to witness to whoever. Uh, and, and wherever we find we find ourselves. Um, and then if philosophical debates come up, then praise be to God, we can trace that avenue. But a lot of times what people just need to hear is just the straight-up gospel. That's, I mean, obviously that's what we all need. And I think that apologetics should come as a tool in that that overall tactic of just witnessing and, and sharing your faith. Yeah, thanks. Yeah,
0: I'd be interested to read uh, your thesis, if, if it's well-written. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can well, check with
0: uh, Mitch Jokes on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so let's uh shift from defending the faith, apologetics to how you came to faith. So uh mm-hmm. when did that happen? When did you become a Christian and what were the kind of circumstances surrounding that?
1: Yeah, I would say I've always been a Christian. Um I grew up in a Christian family. My uh had great Christian parents, uh two amazing Christian sisters and I was just basically immersed in very godly, solid Christian community, um, since, since day one. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. So, yeah, I was, I'd say there's never been a time where I didn't, um, didn't know God. Um, but definitely there was a pretty long period of, I would say coasting in, in my faith. Um, and that was probably junior high and high school I'd say is the, the time that I, I was coasting in my faith just kind of going through the motions and I think uh, so one illustration what I was I, I wouldn't be excited to sing in church um, I kind of resented needing to sing and and um, sometimes even be at church and I was like you know this is just what we have to do because I'm a Christian um, but when I was about 18 uh, I was I say 17 things started to change and One thing was I just started loving school. I I was a senior over at Logos School, and I just absolutely loved learning. Um, And before that, I always got decent grades, and I was pretty motivated, but it wasn't this fascination for the world that I find myself in. Um, It was just kind of like this necessity, like, oh, it's what I have to do, so I'll do it. But when I was a senior, I just, for some reason, just started absolutely loving school, and I um, really thrust myself wholeheartedly into it. Um, So I think that was kind of the beginning stages of that transformation. And then I would say the decision to go to New St. Andrews was a huge, huge thing that God used in my life um, to get me out of that coasting, that plateauing um, stage, that that period of my life. Um, And so one thing that happened was um, my buddy, Alec Inger and I, we've been friends for a long time, but we both kind of decided to go to NSA at the same time. And he, just straight up uh, rebuked me one night I was, we were, I know, we were, we were, hot tubbing at his parents' place. And this was like, uh, I don't know, December, like four years ago or something like that. And I was telling him about like all these super petty um, concerns and really trivial things that out there were on my heart that I was just like way too serious about. I was, I was taking them way too seriously. And he just listened to me. And at the end of my like tirade, he just kind of looked at me and just like, you know, hot tub bubbling in the silence, and he's just like, "Danny, I don't think you've really given your life to Christ." And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "What are you What are you talking about? Like, I'm a Christian," and he's just like, "No, no, no, like, dude, if you if you really loved Christ and you were every part of your life was completely sold out for Him, you would not be talking the way you're talking right now." Hmm. Um, and so I think we should. So usually we would spend hours in the hot tub just hanging out. But he cut it off early. He was like, I think you should just we should be done. You should go home and, and repent and just, like, pray um, and ask God to, like, help you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I didn't have any rebuttal. I was like, I knew he was right because I trusted him. He was, like, my best friend. So I was like, all right, man, like, I'll do that. And then I went home and um, prayed and for a long time, as long as we were prayed. And then I, in the morning, i it was really, literally, like, in the morning I woke up and I just – needed to read the Bible. I just wanted to read the Bible so bad. And that was kind of the first time where I had just that deep, deep hunger, um, for the word. And that hasn't died since. I mean, obviously there's times where it goes up and up and down, but I have since then I've had just this deep hunger for the Lord that I hadn't experienced during that time of coasting. Um, and so I'm in this place now where I just feel like I'm getting hungrier and hungrier and, um, eating more and more. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. But Yeah, that's, that's a good way of kind of summarizing how it's been so far. I little a short life. I'm only 22. So, (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah, that's great. And that's, that's a good friend, right? Someone that's willing to actually rebuke you and say, I don't think you've, you know, really given yourself fully to, to Christ. I mean, that's a strong thing to say to someone who's been in the church for most, you know, their whole life. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Super thankful for him.
0: Yeah. So, uh, kind of in your daily life now, Uh, clearly have some interest in, you know, theology. You wrote uh, a paper on uh, apologetics. What does following Christ look like now that you're about to exit school and start a career? Um, What is being a disciple of Jesus look like today for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think being a disciple of Jesus has always been just, living in daily obedience uh, to the word and, and um, you know, in prayer. And no matter what season of life uh, you're in, and that's definitely true of this season coming up where I'm going to kind of be out of that student mindset um, and going into uh, the workforce. And it's going to be a very different routine uh, than I've ever experienced. So I think I being a disciple is just, just going to look like completely – trusting the lord with how that's going to look because I'm just starting to learn real estate I have no idea what's what's down the pipe like I, I have a very vague idea of what it's going to look like um, I, you know I'd, there's also I'd, I'd love to start a family lord willing and so I, that's something i'm pursuing wholeheartedly um, you know and I think just surrendering those two main things to the lord um, every single day and just asking for his will to be done and then just looking for opportunities to serve um, now that I think I'm going to have um, have a little more time on my hands and I don't want to waste it. I don't want to just kind of like, um, I want to be a good steward of that. So I think just praying for opportunities that God will give me to, to serve in the church and uh, here in Moscow. So I think those are probably the, the biggest three things that yeah. are on my mind.
0: Okay. That's great. Well uh, I'll close with one final question that um, I ask everyone on the show and that is uh, imagine you're standing in a huge room full of unbelievers and you've got the microphone and I want you to give us one reason why every single person should follow Jesus.
1: If, yeah, if you don't follow Jesus, you will be lost. I think that's the simplest way of putting it. The deepest rooted issue of uh, every single uh, human being on this planet in history and that will ever, ever be is sin, and uh, that's the root of all of our problems. And the only solution is forgiveness of sin, and the only uh, source for that forgiveness is the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who is God incarnate, who came to this earth, struggled and suffered, and died for our sins on the cross, and rose again on the third day, um, delivering His people from the kingdom of darkness, transferring them to the kingdom of, of His glorious light, and. That is the only thing that will keep you from being lost forever. So I think that's, that's the that's the shortest answer that I could possibly give.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, Danny, thanks for taking some time out to to join me. Uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your Zoom classes. For the rest <laughs> of
1: the week. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Aaron. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later. Peace. Bye.